right, all right. Podcast is up. It's recording. Hey, everybody. Um, hey, so this one might scare you guys a little bit. Um, this is a, a potentially a tough, touchier subject. Um, it's all about sugar. Um, for many of us, it's it's the the bane of our existence. It's the the most, you know, addictive thing for quite a bit of us, especially as we look at health and health concerns. Um, sugar is is definitely a, a big big issue, a big dynamic. Um, for some, it's not, and that's fantastic. For others, it's it is one of the the more critical um, health factors as far as promotion or decline or whatever you might say. Um, so this is kind of an all things sugar episode. Um, I entitled it as frenemies for life, you know, that kind of like friend and enemy, you know, something that we, we love and hate, hate to love, love to hate it, hate it to love it, whatever. Um, I don't know. It's it's interesting. So, you know, we have a a major movement right now in the zero calorie, you know, the Coke zeros, the uh, you know, you name it soda zero um also in the former context of calling them diet drinks like a diet Coke, right? Um and what's, you know, what's the real truth behind that this you know this will expose a lot of that idea and and what's really going on like you know is there a price to be paid for say in a 12 ounce can of cola to not have it as just regular sugar like a white table sugar or a cane sugar but actually having it as a you know a sugar substitute you know is there any harm is there any real problem if you take away the hundred calories but you change the way its sweetener is used does that affect our health and if it does what is it what's exactly happening right um so maybe just to to jump right in to talk about kind of what is the truth behind sugar substitutes um the three three ones that I really want to hone in on, because they're in just, when you look at drinks, especially, again, a non-sugar-based drink, they still use sweeteners, which are generally the, the three that I'm going to talk about right now, um, in any combination. Sometimes all three of them are in there, and sometimes just two of them are in there, Um you know, one of them is kind of more or less a thing of the past, although it's still in a lot of products. Um, but we'll talk, kind of just jump right in. So um, the three sugar substitutes that are in a lot of diet-like product and zero-calorie-like products, the three of them are the sucralose and then something called acylsulfane potassium or ACE-K, and then the last one is, of course, aspartame. 
you know, many of us have heard of aspartame before. Um, that's kind of a buzzword if you don't know anything about sugar or sugar substitutes. Aspartame is usually like, oh, it's got aspartame in it. Um, and so let me let me talk first about sucralose. So sucralose, if you look at it in comparison to just white table sugar, in most cases I'm going to re reference sugar as being white table sugar, not necessarily cane sugar or honey or or some other you know more proper form of sugar, just white table sugar. So it's a refined sugar that's you know pretty common amongst most households. Um, so sucralose is 600 times sweeter than regular white table sugar. So 600 times sweeter than sugar. Um, so you can imagine, you don't have to put a ton into like a diet soda or, or into, you know, the, the volume of liquid relative to, you know, when I was a kid, we, we had ton of Kool-Aid. You'd put a gallon of water, one little packet of Kool-Aid, and then you'd put at least one full cup of sugar into that. So imagine 600 times sweeter than that one cup of sugar. You wouldn't have to use much, right? One six hundredth the amount if you're doing it in a diet version. So then you can understand how a, you know, a product comes along like, um, oh no, I can't think of it. The, there was like a lemonade-like product um, that came along and it was kind of a early adopter of, of aspartame, um, in which aspartame is not quite as, as sweet as sucralose. Um, God, I can't even think of the drink now. But anyway, there was this, this, drink that came along and you could you could have just a little um they had them almost in these little tiny what's called a ramekin or a little teeny cup like a little teeny just half an ounce cup that you could dump in your drinks god oh, it's on the tip of my tongue it'll come to me but needless to say you know we would throw that in a a, a drink and drink that and that's kind of like the earliest earliest form of having like a sachet or or like a packet a drink packet something you'd put in your your water to drink um but yeah anyway so that was kind of like the earliest form of whatever i'm trying to say so you could imagine just a little bit of something like sucralose goes a long way versus sugar with all that volume um so here's the nitty-gritty right here's the the deeper detail of sucralose so we know it's 600 times sweeter than sugar. Here's the biggest problem. It, it, it disrupts the microbiome, the gut microbiome. So all of those good, healthy bacteria, it can destroy them. It can really create some problems because it increases the pro or what would be... Um, promoters, you know, kind of a inflammatory mediator. So things that cause gut inflammation, sucralose is actually encouraging that. It is an enhancer of that. Um, so it can disrupt the kind of the just generic smooth digestive processing. So it can kind of disrupt that. 
Um, it'll definitely increase your bloating. Um, you can potentially, just because of sucralose being in your food or water or whatever, drink, it can cause diarrhea. Um, gas, you know, those are all side effects. Um, it's an artificial compound that only really, out of out of 100% of its contents, only 15% is potentially absorbable. So you can't absorb more. So that means 85% of that you just cannot absorb. So it's it's going to be just, you know, out with the waste. But the problem is it doesn't necessarily move so fast. It, it might not push through the guts really quickly. So if you can imagine 85% of the contents of the sucralose is just going to stay there, cause harm, encourage bad bacteria and all of that. So maybe that diet soda or that you know, Coke Zero or whatever that has sucralose in it, while you think I'm losing the, you know, caloric content because it's not real sugar, what you forget is you're potentially gaining a problem. So you might be 100 calories shy, you know, if, if you're trying to consume 2,000 calories and you don't want to consume it on that, you might be having 1,900 calories of normal that 100 calorie that you just de de decreased is actually more disruptive. So you got to be careful. Um, so the next one, sucralose is, is that. So here's the other one. So acylsulfane potassium or ACE-K. Um, this t contains a methyl chloride group. Methane, we kind of understand methane as gas in and of itself. And methyl chloride is actually more carcinogenic, meaning it it has um, some toxic value. Uh, even some of the studies kind of show different side effects, and, and here's kind of the list of a few of them. Um, headaches, depression, nausea, some mental confusion, um, liver, there's some liver and kidney, um, uh, you know, there's a few other other things like that, even even to a degree where it can potentially um, cause like visual disturbances. Um, and then the last, which is kind of a big one, is, is cancer. So, it, you know, think back to when we did the sleep podcast. I, I talked about kind of things that encourage or, you know, disrupt all those kind of things. So in and of itself, taking ACE-K as a sweetener for your products might not cause headaches, might not cause depression, but it definitely encourages or increases the likelihood. So it's just a component that adds to the potential. It's not necessarily always the 100% cause um, and effect to it. So, so we really got to be, you know, conscientious of what we are putting in our bodies, be it sucralose, be it ACE-K. And the tough thing about nutrition facts these days, um, when you look at sucralose, when you look at um, ACE-K, is you don't know quantity because nutrition facts are, are only spelt out to be a certain, you know, component of it. Um, if there's trace volume, they won't. They don't have to report that that's in the in the the drink. Um, 
with this because it's not sugar. They don't have to classify it um, in any particular volume. So they can put as much as they want or as little as they want. It's That one's kind of really indifferent. Um, so if we're trying to limit how much ACE-K or how much su sucralose is, is in our system, and we're trying to just not have it at all, truly, but we're limiting it, then you got to really be cautious. Um, you know, avoid foods and drinks that have that in it. Um, we talked about, like, hidden sugars on one of the podcasts where, you know, there's there's so many foods that they take out the healthy values, like a healthy fat, um, certain components of the food, just because, you know, it's it might not you know, uh, earn the company as much money. So they put in some crappier fats or, or whatever. And then to make it more palatable and, and tasty, they add more ingredients like sugar, like, like I'm saying the, the diet version of sugar, which is these, you know, inorganic type compounds anyway. <clears throat> so again, all those kind of scary side effects and, and you can understand then how it could be carcinogenic. Um, so now aspartame. So one of the things, oh, oh just to, to maybe talk a little contrast. So sucralose, right, I said is 600 times more sweet than sugar. Aspartame is only 200 times more sweet than sugar. Um, an interesting study was done with uh, aspartame quite a while back, uh, and this is where the origin of cancer for aspartame came from, meaning that consumption of aspartame can, can um, I don't want to say create, but can encourage cancer growth. This study that was done, and, and I don't have a, a link to it right now. I'll see if I can find it and track it down. But um, this study, basically, when you, when you, broke it down and looked at, at volume of how much aspartame that they were feeding to, to show an elicitation of cancer where growth of cancer was, was taking place. The volume, it was kind of like, imagine, you know, the Diet Coke lovers of the world. Imagine you were drinking like three gallons of Diet Coke a day for like 20 years. That was something, and, and I don't know the actual number now. It's it's been a decade since I read this, but it was it was a high volume like this. But imagine you you were drinking three gallons of diet coke a day to get the volume of aspartame to then cause cancer, and so that's where that study was. But it's kind of a gross misrepresentation of the reality of how much you know a a typical lover of Diet Coke would drink. You know, they might put down 60 to 80 ounces. I have no idea. I never was into the Diet Coke phase. But, you know, imagine you just consumed anywhere from 60 to 100 ounces. Well, a gallon is 128 ounces. So, you you know, you're talking about three, 360, you know, three, what, 384, 384 ounces of Diet Coke? I don't think so, right? No, it's not It's not possible for you or someone to drink that much in a single day's sitting. 
I mean, even, you know, President Donald Trump was was described as drinking 12 cans of Diet Coke a day. And that's just like, what is going on, right? Um, but yeah, so <laughs> you'd have to drink just a, an absurd volume to really show cancer causers. But, you know, aspartame, sucralose, ACE-K, not good. Um, do your best to avoid them. They're just in so much of the low-cal, no-cal, sugar-substituted foods, drinks, whatever. Okay, so then to jump on the healthier context of it all, because if we want our sweet, how do we get it? And how do we presume that there's health um, in that? So we'll go over the next list. Um, so kind of the healthy alternatives. So the three or four things I've got on here uh, are things like stevia, the stevia leaf, um, monk fruit, erythritol, xylitol, honey. I want to throw in honey because I think it's uh, an extremely important um, product, even if we don't actually consume it, but it's actually a, a cool, just a side note anyway. So monk fruit, stevia, xylitol, erythritol, um, honey, you know, all these are, are great. Um, if you want to call them sugar substitutes a few of these like honey actually has a caloric value but stevia monk erythritol xylitol don't have a um, actual caloric value to them but they don't also cause major gut disruption so these could be on the better side the cleaner side um, stevia can be anywhere from 100 to 300 times um, greater than sugar so you could imagine that's still a you know, highly used context. Um, but it tastes a, a little more bitter. Um, it it kind of almost like that black licorice, the, the the origin of licorice, that, you know, star anise or, or similar. But it, it kind of has that little bite to it. Um, there's no major health pose at this point as far as what science has kind of delved into and, and that. Um, it does elicit a mild antioxidant value. So some of those free radicals that are toxic-like, the antioxidant can help, you know, clear the body of that. So that's a, a good alternative. Um, for a lot of people, it's the taste. Um, when I first started using stevia, I just, my body didn't feel right. It felt really, um, I don't know, kind of almost like it was nauseating to consume any of that. Um, since since I've used it a little bit more and more, my body's adjusted, and, and I don't mind the, the flavor. Um, I usually have a, a soda alternative in my refrigerator. Um, it just depends on when and what and, you know, how clean I'm trying to be. Um, but there's a, a soda, I think it's called Zevia. Um, I can kind of write it out, but there's a, a few different ones that use stevia. Anyway, so monk fruit. Um, this one, it has much more antioxidant property to it. Um, currently, there's there's really no known side effects. Um, they also call it swing, swingle fruit. There's a couple other names for it, but this one's a really good one. Um, I liked it. 
Um, I would put it in a lot of like baked goods. Um, you know, something that you could potentially have to just experiment with and, and test on your own. Um, erythritol. So this acts like an antioxidant. It doesn't technically have the, the typical antioxidant properties, but it'll act like it. Um, this one happens to be great for diabetics. So it'll improve blood vessel function in a type 2 diabetic. Um, it's a bit more powerful than the next one I'll talk about called xylitol in certain ways. Um, so let's go ahead and go into that. So xylitol, um, this one's really cool for dental value. So one of the, the thoughts, just a side note, is if you go into you know grocery store and you want to buy a package of, of gum, like a mint gum, be cautious. So mint gums, most of them have aspartame. Um, some of them might have sugar, but most have an aspartame to it. So if you want to get away from that, there's some alternatives. Um, I, I avoid chewing gum, especially the last, you know, three or four years. I really have moved away from chewing gum, try to brush teeth or, you know, be a little more, <coughs> excuse me, uh, wise about the, the foods and things that I eat when I might be in front of others. Um, but xylitol, so this one's really, really, really cool. It'll help to kill bad bacteria, um, especially in and around the mouth. So it's great for actually con controlling bad bacteria in and around the teeth because um, it'll reduce the production of biofilm. Biofilm is just essentially a lot of different biological um, things like bacteria, um, you know, whatever. Uh, this biofilm can, you know, maybe maybe think of it like when you wake up in the morning and it feels like there's fuzzy on your teeth. That is a biofilm. Bacteria and other things can kind of develop into a goop of sorts. Um, but yeah, that's why we brush. That's why we try to clear all the biofilm. Well, xylitol help control that biofilm. Um, there's something that I definitely want to get into a little bit later called a dentinal flow, but it'll improve this dentinal flow. So we'll talk about that probably after I finish the, the main context of this, you know, the next thing that I'm going to talk about. Um, so honey, honey, if you want to look at it, it's a composition of essentially 80% is a sugar combo, which is having fructose and glucose. Um, the rest it's, it's kind of a water base. Um, there's a few things otherwise that's in it, but, um, one thing about sugar, real sugar cane or, or honey or whatever is there's this term in, in culinary called hygroscopic, hygroscopic. And hygroscopic means it's an attractor of moisture. Um, so that's why honey, it's, it's actually more hygroscopic than some of the other ingredients. So it'll attract more water, more, you know, liquid to it. So in breads and things, honey can be a really great product to both provide sweetness as well as that hygroscopic effect where you're wanting it to 
to keep the moisture but not stale out your product. So if you're making a cookie and you wanted the cookie to stay softer, utilizing honey can actually give you that, that higher hygroscopic value. So you might reduce liquids, um, a, a portion of your liquid, and then this could increase. You know, using honey, you take out equal values of, of sugar to honey substitute. So, you know, if it was a cup of sugar to make your cookies, you might take out two tablespoons of sugar and add two tablespoons of honey um, to make your, your product a lot more soft because it's hygroscopic, just kind of a cool note. So honey has that combination of fructose and glucose. Um, one tablespoon is about 64 calories, depending on, you know, where it is. But honey happens to be a lower glycemic index over just, again, like that white sugar, what we're talking about. Um, it has some vitamin and mineral content, especially depends on where the pollen and, and where the bee was was around and where it came from because it's going to be doing things with the plants and you know obviously pollinating it's a pollinator bees are um but it can help in preventing some memory disorders so really good for some brain health um what's what i thought was kind of fascinating is they'll use honey in burn care or wound care um, to help kind of and I, I think there's probably some factor of hydration and and moisturization where you're bringing that into wound and, and especially in burn care. Um, it can help suppress coughs. So, you know, a lot of um, the lozenges or a cough drop, they'll put honey in those and part of the mixture will have honey because it's a cough suppressant. So even sometimes you, they'll put a menthol and some honey because both those have that, that cough suppressant. So kind of cool. Um, but, you get, but definitely be a little more cautious on overuse, and here's why. Because and, and this is kind of maybe more getting into the political side of it all. Because you know, I, again, I this podcast, I don't, I don't want to be hyper political or hyper religious or any of that. You know, I, I don't want to stick too much to my own me and and my opinions per se. I want to really present nutrition and, and present health. Um, but in this case, you know, careful to not over consume, especially commercialized sugar, or sorry, sh commercialized honey. Because um, first of all, for a bee and a beekeeper, the, the bee, that's their, that's their food. We're taking all of their food supply and some beekeepers supplement with just giving them raw, you know, glucose and fructose instead of what they should be consuming to keep them healthy. So we don't want to just steal all the honey from the bee. We want the bee to have what they need. Um, so some of these commercial farms might just, you know, hound the bee, kind of like the the chickens in, in these wild cages or, you know, cows stacked on top of each other in, in overuse, you know, factory farm ways. So honey can actually have this same kind of effect. So you got to kind of look at your local farmer, find a, a local beekeeper and see if you can't, you know, buy a bit, use a bit, keep it for yourself, maintain, you know, a 
farmer and and kind of farm to table mentality where we're we're trying to be about the preservation of these things right um because also in that same thought um these manufacturers will often degrade the the honey by mixing in you know who name who knows but things like corn syrup um high fructose corn syrup fructose glucose they might just add that directly into to the honey products so it's kind of frustrating and and annoying because even when you think you're actually getting real honey it's advertised as real honey you could be buying a you know knockoff crap trash brand of it where they've just kind of diluted it and, and made it crappy um so make sure it's if you're going to buy again see if you can find a local bee beekeeper and buy some from them because that helps them you know keep bees and that helps our environment and all those kind of things um but like anything it's 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 better to you know again make some friends have some reliable sources and not just some generic company so yeah that's kind of my big you know spiel on the major parts of sugar um and then we'll kind of talk about some different things surrounding that okay so let's get into dentinal flow this is really cool um you know we we think about flow of of blood or blood flow right we think about um river flow you know things that move from one place to another and then potentially even back so like blood flow if you if you looked at a, a you know single molecule of blood it'll pump into the heart go through a couple chambers um, go through some valves um, it'll then go into the lungs and then back into the heart and then from the heart it might go to the brain or the extremities and then come back to the heart so it, it has this you know potential directional flow that goes in and out of, of different spots and different places the dentinal flow then because we're kind of talking about sugar and and why sugar might devastate the teeth um some sugars that can actually promote um that biofilm and promote things that you know we we talk about things like plaque on our teeth um it can really sugar can help promote a lot of that um even when you look at the some of the deeper truths about sugar where sugar helps um, or encourages can encourage a a metabolic form of cancer so there's there's some definite research and history on the thought of completely cut out sugar to devastate cancer so those who have had a, a cancer diagnosis it's super important to cut out as much sugar as possible i think there's good value in foods that are whole that are proper that have their own form of sugar i.e most of the thoughts of fruits um, that have their natural sugars to to consume some of that i think that's just fine but it's when we refine it and we break it down and we we change it and mix it and compound it and and do all these strange things to the origin and and the or original thought 
that we kind of polluted and disrupted anyway. So dental flow, it is essentially this fluid that goes from our digestion into the root of the tooth and then kind of outward. Um, you could picture a tree, you know, the, the root of that tree would be the root of our teeth and they kind of connect into bone structure into the jaw or into you know the the, the palate the upper part of our teeth um, so they connect into bone and bone has this flow of nutrition um, so what we consume let's let's assume we consume a lot of sugar that sugar is going to go into our digestive system besides what might be hanging on the teeth and staying if we didn't clean and brush our teeth properly but that sugar would go into our digestive system and then some of that nutrition would go back into the teeth so you can imagine if you have this flow of sugar coming into the root of the tooth what that could do to you know in in the argument it literally will um break down and and take down the the uh, enamel and so you know it'll it'll start to really disrupt the enamel weaken the enamel just you know destroy the enamel all those kind of thoughts um so then that will increase a decay of that tooth um there's disruption like I said, even into the plaque. And then, you know, you can imagine because of all that dis disruption, then you're encouraging the potential for cavity, which is a hole in the enamel. And then because you've got a hole in the enamel, there's more potential for food, sugar, whatever, to get into that hole to expand and, and decay or um, erode that tooth and and you know you can picture a, a solid rock with dribbles of water you know just a teeny stream of water you can devastate a rock something that's immovable uh, in truth the grand canyon happens because of movement of water it erodes and, and creates this massive canyon so imagine that's happening in microscopic ways to your teeth. So that's why it's it's important to be careful of how much we consume sugar um, because of it, the potential to become, you know, tooth decay. Um, and that's kind of when you go back to xylitol, um, how it kind of breaks down some of that biofilm and, and helps to keep the, the teeth cleaner. But it can also harden teeth. So right now... I brush teeth with the xylitol product. Um, since I did that, I actually moved away from most regular any um, toothpastes because those toothpastes have any number of things. It could be artificial sweeteners. It could be real sugar. It could be you know because they don't. It's not a nutrition thing. You're not supposed to be eating it. But guess what? Because it tastes too funky for most people. They add a bunch of sugar, so it tastes good. <laughs> so you got to be super careful and, and start paying attention to some of the things we use. Now, I don't think, again, because Colgate's not going to say, hey, we, you know, our advertising, we got tons of sugar on our product. You'll love it. You know, they're not going to do that. 
but it definitely has it in it. And if you can learn to read ingredients lists, you'll see sugar's right in there. So, <clears throat> okay, to go back to, so that's, that's essentially dentinal flow, right? We consume food, that food gets in the bloodstream, the bloodstream takes that food to, you know, the, the bone structure, the bone structure has a dentinal flow that goes into the tooth and then, you know, back out. So it's, it's a persistent flow. Um, and, and, you know, maybe even to, to speak as I'm talking about that, um, as a side note, how does, how does nutrition get to the joints, <clears throat> to the muscles? We've kind of now talked about to the teeth, but if, if I consume food, how does that molecule of food, i.e., you know, how do we digest? And then where does that digested food go to? Where does the nutrition get to? So in joints, it's really kind of interesting. And this this kind of may give you a little insight too on, on how the dentinal flow might work as well. So 100% of the joints of the body have synovial fluid. That's the, the main fluid that's encapsulized by a joint. So that fluid really helps to, you know, cushion absorption. Um, imagine your knees flexing in and out, flexing, extending. That fluid's going to help to kind of keep an absorption value. Um, what's interesting is when I bend the knee, I generally am pushing synovial fluid out. And then when I extend the knee and, you know, kind of decompress, compress, going back and forth, I will, you know, pull that fluid back in, almost kind of like, um, I'm trying to think, almost like a, a, a balloon, like a water balloon, when you shift water from one side to another, or, you know, I, I can't think of a, a better example, example per se, but you know, the idea is we're squishing liquid out and liquid fills back in. Squishing liquid out, liquid fills back in. During that squishing out of the synovial fluid, it will ex exchange nutrients. Um, generally in the joint, we don't have a lot of blood flow, if not at all, depending on the joint and, and whatever. Even in some of the bone, we don't have a ton. Um, so the synovial fluid is extremely important to get nutrition into the joints. Um, so then that like gives you the, the stronger argument that one of the greatest keys to health is movement. Um, and not just any movement, but proper movement. Excessive or too little of movement will actually disrupt and cause health concerns. So you want a proper, healthy movement. Um, and again, that movement will encourage joint health. Um, muscles, they actually are, are, you know, blood is, is readily available for them. And so the blood will actually carry the nutrition right to the muscle. So they get it very quickly. And that's where, you know, we talked about earlier with glucose finding its way into the cell. Um, teeth, again, the dentinal flow. So everything in the body has has vessels helping um, and, and purposes 
to getting nutrition out into its its proper places. So it's just kind of a really cool side thought um, about the dentinal flow and, and how that works mixed with, you know, even how it gets, how general nutrition gets in, in and out of the body. Um, so now I kind of just want to give you this, this, you know, top, top 10 or, or less, um, list. If you wanted to use real sugar instead of just the alternatives, um, technically the number one on the list is actually stevia, though it doesn't have a caloric value. It is a real sugar. Um, it's derived from the leaf of the plant. So it is real sugar. So one of the healthiest, again, we're talking healthy alternatives that is real sugar. Um, caloric value is not there with stevia. The second one is honey. Um, we already kind of talked about honey uh, being about a tablespoon, giving you about 64 calories. So it definitely has a caloric value, but then going go back in and listen about you know how good honey is pure maple syrup would be kind of the third on this list pure maple syrup it actually it's it's a very very healthy sugar um, nutrition contained in that as far as like mineral vitamin it is amongst some of the top now it does have kind of an earthy taste um, but it is it's phenomenal to use that um, coconut sugar derived off the coconut another great one raw cane sugar another great one agave and some of these they, they have flavors associated to them um, but agave brown sugar this one you got to be very careful with because it could be white sugar disguised by the use of molasses so you want to be careful how it's how it's packaged, or they could actually use corn syrup with dyes instead of using molasses. Um, so I think the actual real health value is is the one with molasses, um, and then just just the general table sugar, you know, granulated white sugar. Those are kind of the best usages of of real sugar versus the alternative ones. So if you are going to make foods um, that you want to put sugar in. Those are those are the main ones. I'll have that list on the the podcast notes, um, but those are the ones that I would prefer people use all in general. Um, again, the alternative ones that I talked about: monk fruit, erith, you know, erythritol, xylitol. Some of those you want to be um, erythritol and xylitol. You want to use sparingly. It can it can be a little more hard on the the gut. Um, just because it, it can be so, you know, intense in its usage anyway. So yeah, I mean, you gotta be again, cautious on, on the things that you allow to get into your system and the things you allow in and about your body. So be conscientious. It's okay to not be crazy and wild about all this, but it is important to just know what you're doing. Um, to even just a slight degree, you know, ask questions. Don't just assume that food makers are out to help you be as healthy as you can possibly be. They don't care. They want your money, and that is it. Um, generally, you know, 
stay away from processed. Choose whole food. The more you choose whole food, the more you'll realize that the sugars that are contained within them and the, the natural sweet will come out. Um, and, and even to say that, if we have been off of these alternative sugars, um, most of the generic sugar, if we've been off them for a long time, the wildest thing comes out. We actually can taste sweet more in a, a more heightened way. So things like tomatoes, you know, we can actually really taste the sweetness that is in tomato. Clearly, if you took a bite of a candy bar, swallowed, and then took a bite of a tomato, there's no way you're tasting sweetness, not in the tomato, even sweet tomatoes. <laughs> it's just not, not a thing. So, you know, try to get off the crap. Try to decide, you know, decidedly eat sugar consumed from a more natural, clean, whole food. It's it's super important. Um, again, frenemies, right? So much of our our social life can be around and and part of what's going on, you know, in our circle as far as people making desserts and you know birthdays are, are centered around the birthday cake, right? So we got to be thoughtful and, and think about what we're doing. I mean, I think it's okay to break the mold and say, you know what, I don't want cake for my birthday. If that's what you want, great, do it. But try to eat, you know, eat more sparingly, think about it more sparingly when it comes to overconsumption of sugar. Um, as always, this is, you know, Again, just little bits, little little thoughts. You know, hopefully you like what I'm I'm bringing to it. Um, but this is kind of what I wanted to really talk about: my frenemy for life, my sugar addiction. Probably one of the greatest addictions I've ever had comes around and persistently is about sugar. Um, I can, you know very easily get rid of all those other potential things but man sugar's always always a difficult one that seems to always here and there come back around as much as i avoid it avoid it avoid it um and i've kind of taken the the mindset and the mentality that i am a sugar addict um it just doesn't go with me not very well so you know the more i I try to be a responsible adult and do adult things by saying, you know what, I really don't need high volumes of sugar. Occasional, sure. But if, if you can't even do it occasionally, then you probably shouldn't do it. Meaning when you go occasionally, binge out and go nuts. Because <laughs> that's me. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I really appreciate, um, again, the opportunity to, to record and share some thoughts. Um, again, uh, check it out. I did get, get into the iHeart, um, radio app. So I'm continually working on the different, um, you know, different, uh, podcast, uh, you know, hosts sites. So Spotify, um, iHeart radio, Apple podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, check it out. It'll get there at some point. Again, I appreciate you listening. Um, go out there, 
Find some health. Keep your health. Keep it up. You can do it. I believe in you. Go get some. Thanks. Bye.